You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. You're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, um, as usual every week. And I'm really excited uh, to introduce to you my friend, Gail Pelto. She is with us today. Hi, Gail. Hello. Um, I'm, I'm excited for a couple of reasons, mostly because, um, so you know how you meet someone for the first time and you're like, that person looks so cool. <laughs> about you when I met you oh that's so nice I that's how I feel about Gail I was like oh I don't know anything about Gail but uh we have served on a nonprofit board together and um just kind of over that time um I just kind of want to know more about Gail and so when I asked her to be on my podcast there was a little bit of craziness because there was like COVID-19 all kinds of stuff was happening whatever whatever and then you reached back out to me and said hey do you want to do that I'm like yes yes let's do that Let's do it. So I'm going to do my best to intro you a little bit, but please okay. elaborate. Okay. okay. So Gail Pelto is um, a realtor with Keller Williams on the Emerald Coast, and she's extensive sales experience, and she's a partner with Master Networks as well, which we'll go into a little bit, but she also has impeccable style, which you can't see on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a black shirt and black glasses. Sorry. Yeah. Office. You can see my messy office stuff behind me. Well, and Gail introduced me to Eileen Fisher. Which I love. Which the brand Eileen Fisher. Do you know, I did you listen to her podcast episode on the Goop podcast? Uh, no, but I'm going to go half back and look at it. I was uh, guiltily looking at uh, her website today because there's an invitation only for the sales stuff. So you might have to sign up on her website so you can get the invitation only things. Well, I'll have to do that. I, I fell in love with her mostly because everything that Gail wears is like, to me, always this perfect balance between, wow, you look so comfortable, but you also look very stylish, like what's happening. And because I never feel comfortable when I'm in my business attire, but you pull that off flawlessly. You were like, Eileen hmm, Fisher. That's it. That's it. And I wear, and you know, I wear a lot of black, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm ones that I like accessories because they fit everyone. You can always find accessories to fit. So I have a pretty extensive um, costume jewelry, purse, gloves, shoe collection to go with the all black palette on the background. So that part becomes easy. That's for sure. Do you think that how we feel really impacts our confidence and our ability to present our business and sell. And I mean, when, is there a tie there for sure? Absolutely. And um, in fact, I just had this conversation this morning. I mentor uh, new agents and I had a conversation with a, a, a mentee who's kind of graduating out of my program. And she was talking about working from home and she goes, you know, it's so easy because you can do shorts and stuff. And I said, you know, I get up and I fix my hair and I put makeup on and I go to my desk and I may not be going anywhere else, but I know that it makes me feel like I'm at work. Mm. That makes sense. And I think I sit up straighter and I talk better because I'm not just hanging out. Yeah. um, 
Yeah, I think you have to do that. I, th I think you have to do it. Now, do I slack every now and then? Oh, heck yeah. I've done 7 a.m. Zoom meetings with the professional shirt from the waist up and the pajama bottoms on the waist down. I'm sure a few of us have been, but I've always had lipstick on, always, always. Right, so do you feel like, okay, so we had a discussion in our office the other day because, um, well, we always have generational talks. I'm the only person in the Francis Roy officer, lots of um, millennials and Gen Zers. And we were talking about this whole idea of lipstick. So I wore lipstick today. You can't really tell, but, um, generations that, you know, like, uh, traditionalists, um, or some people call it the boomer generation or whatever. Um, I like traditionalists. I think that makes sense to me. Um, and just like more mature generations than like millennials or Gen Z. It's like a thing. Lipstick is a thing. <laughs> Like not lip gloss, lipstick. Right. I don't know. Is that, I mean, it's like you're naked unless you have it on. Well, for me, uh, because I'm fair skinned and blonde haired and blonde eyelashes and blonde eyebrows, if I don't have lipstick on, I'm just beige. Mm. I'm <laughs> a beige personality. So if nothing else, there will be lipstick on to add a little color to the face. So that's <laughs> my excuse and I'm sticking to it. And now they have lip stains, which are great, mm. right? So I used to put lipstick on in the morning, go to work, and about two o'clock I'd go in the bathroom and look in the mirror and come out and go, how come, how come nobody told me I was just beige now? <laughs> so now lip stain allows me to, to go all day and have color somewhere, which is kind of... Well, that must be why the black looks so great on you, because the contrast, you know, it's, you know, just a really classic look. And... Um, okay, so that's a great work from home tip. I think a lot of people are still working from home, but like, get oh, you some sure. dress and throw some lipstick on. Yeah, well, and, and I think keeping your schedule is important, too. Mm, agreed. Um, and again, if I slipped, absolutely, you know, but, you know, I, I, you know and I always say that the, um, you're successful when you know how to get back on the horse, right? Because <laughs> we all fall, right? Failure is a part of success. So if you fall off the horse and you don't get up one day, uh, get up tomorrow and go to work and keep your schedule and take care of the hard things first because nobody likes doing them, right? And in the afternoon you can have more fun. So, um, and that's the hardest thing I think for people working from home. Mm -hmm. And I didn't move home. See, there's French doors behind me now and that used to be a big case opening. This was a useless living room from a house that was built in the nineties. It always had a desk in it, but it didn't have any doors that I can close. Mm -hmm. So. I didn't move my office out of the Keller Williams building until I could actually have an office that I could close the door. That's so smart. And, and, I, and, and I need to be able to walk out and close the door too. Mm -hmm. So there's a beginning of the day and, and an end to the day. But yeah, it, up to go to work makes, a, makes, makes you feel like you're working, I think. So let's talk about your work a little bit because okay. I kind of just see you as this like, um, mystical character that does like all of these amazing things and <laughs> I have the greatest fan I know that there's like a handful of people in this area I swear I think I run their fan club I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure um uh you want a marketer to run your fan club I think but uh so I know that you're a realtor I have never really experienced you in that space I have seen you in the master network space, but in my mind, you're like this, you're a master salesperson. I read your article in the Bay Life, Destin Life um, uh, every month, every month I read that. Um, and I think there's so much knowledge there. And I always look at your ads too, because I think your ads are very clever. 
Um, but you know, what, what would you say, what's your career? Like what, how do you define that when people say, what do you do? I mean, cause I feel like you do so many things. Yeah. Well, I started out actually, we were talking about art and artists at some point and, you know, having clever stuff. And I started out in art school actually. And, um, and then I realized that if you had to make a lot of money, you had to be really, 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 really good, have a really good network, you know, like have, you know, Peggy Guggenheim discover you in your basement, flip and paint around like she did Jackson Pollock. Um, or you had to be okay being a starving artist. So I started out in the hospitality industry, as so many artists do, mm -hmm. make enough money to pay for paint and paintbrushes. And for anybody who's ever been in art, those things are very, very expensive. So that's how I started out and evolved from there. I was a bartender, then a beverage manager in a catering facility, then a catering director, then a catering director and event planner for a private club corporation where I spent 20, almost 25 years of my life, maybe it was a little less, 24 years of my life, and thought I was going to retire from there. Mm. And I started out in that hospitality side of it with the food and beverage. And then I moved into the membership, selling memberships. You said, Gail, you sound like you should be on the membership committee. Because I did membership for the last half of my career and did sales training while I was doing that. Mm -hmm. So I started a little experiment in my club where they would drop somebody in with me to train and learn the corporate culture. You know, all those, all that red tape forms and stuff you had to fill out for the for the home office and then learn how to um, go through the sales process. And then once a club opened up for them and they were ready, they would be able to drop into their club and they had to just learn the amenities. They already had the corporate culture so they could hit the ground running. So did that for probably the last eight years, eight, nine years was the sales trainer. And, and we did that experiment and it went so well that we grew it into the other regions in our company. And then somewhere down the line, the family, because it was a family-owned business since 1957, decided to sell the company. Okay. And an investment company bought it. And then I started to see people kind of, that I grew up with kind of fade away and young college kids being um, hired in and at about a third of the price. Mm. Well, I need to do something different. So lo and behold, I got a real estate license. Did, did a short stint doing something else for about four years before that, and then said, this isn't working, so I need to try something else. So got a real estate license and wandered in and talked to a broker. And I said, well, how many real estate agents are here? And at that time, there were 2,800 realtors in the Emerald Coast Association of, of Realtors, which is everything except Pan everything in between Panama City and Pensacola. Wow, Gail. And I said, well, maybe I should do something else. <laughs> Sounds a little saturated. And he says, well, Gail, only about 200 of them work. And I went, oh, well, then I'm good. I got a chance. Right. And, and so that's, that's how I started. And I was in my 50s, in my mid-50s when I did that. Wow. Um, and so it was a little... It was a little scary. I, I'm very grateful for the time that I had with Club Corp because it was a corporation, because it had gone into a different sales process, um, because there were processes. I said because I think I had a lot more in my arsenal when I went in to now become a solopreneur. Because you are. I mean, the fact that you 
hang your license with a broker, you are still subcontracted. But I knew about marketing plans and I knew about business plans and um, how to set goals and, and all of those things, which I think a lot of people who just jump into solopreneurship don't understand unless they've had that somewhere in their background and why it makes it difficult a lot of times for them. Mm-hmm. So but that's how I ended up doing that. And that was, so now I've been about nine years as a real estate agent. Wow. And I always see that you're like making some top 10% thing. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm competitive. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting. So you're not, I started out in hospitality as well. So I think a lot, I know so many creative people who somehow find hospitality. So my first job in hospitality was a corporate sales manager. So the other side of the catering side of the sure. um, yeah. Uh, so I didn't realize we had that in common, but one of my absolute favorite people ever is my friend Kate Burke Alvarez in Texas. And she has this incredible voice. She wouldn't even believe it. Incredibly creative, but was a catering director. We were in the same place. And I think there is something interesting there where people who are, they have some sort of artistic drive, but they Mm -hmm. end up in hospitality. What is that? Like, is it? I think a lot of it was because it was a cash business. So it was a way work um a certain amount of time right and still give yourself time um to do your creative thing like you could work 30 hours and make a living in hospitality if you were in the right place right and a lot of it not so much anymore because everybody puts on a credit card but for years i mean it was all cash yeah so you could make you could walk in with two dollars and walk out with two or three hundred Time at that time, I didn't know about real estate. By the way, you know, I found out when I got into real estate, there's no ceiling on the amount of money you can make, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. So, um, there's work for those who who wish to work, Mm -hmm. and um, so that's interesting. So, um, but the hospitality thing, you know, it's cool too, is a lot of salespeople, a lot of really good salespeople have been in hospitality, and I think it's because. They understand customer service. Oh, I totally agree with that. And they're highly intuitive. They anticipate needs, which is yes, huge. which is huge. But I think a lot of hospitality people. I have a friend who's also in real estate down here, and and she worked at Seagars uh, for a long time, and she kept uh, three by five cards on her clients, so she knew when all their birthdays were and stuff like that. Clever. You think you think of those things. Um or you think to write them down, you know, I'll talk to a client and they'll say, well, how are you doing? Oh, my daughter broke her arm and I might not talk to him for six months, but six months later I can say, because I remember to write it down, not because I was super intelligent. Um, hey, how's your daughter? How did her arm heal up? Is she back playing baseball or whatever? Mm-hmm. I think when you're in hospitality and all those things mean that you're going to make more money because you are, mm-hmm. um, that it just carries with you if you go into another sales profession. That's such a good point. And I don't know that I've ever really thought of it that from that perspective, but I think when you start a business, you're like, yes, I need a business plan. Yes, I need a marketing plan, but you also need a service model as well. Like what is going to be the way that you do? How are you going to respond? We have a really intuitive service model here at Francis Roy. So we try to be as proactive with our clients' needs as possible. And it's not that we do marketing different than anyone. We do marketing pretty much the same 
right. as everybody. But those differences are, I think, in the service model and then also in, you know, um, a business's ability to develop relationships, like maintain them and um, really foster and cultivate like growth there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what's going to separate, separate you? What's going to make you different? Yeah. And what make you stand out? Because then I mean, it's the same thing with any profession. You know, I mean, a sales contract on a house is a sales contract on a house. Sure. Right. But um, if you're listing a housing and selling it for someone, what's going to separate? What are you going to do differently than that passive real estate agent who's just going to put a sign in the yard, put it in the MLS, and pray? We call that three P's, right? For the phone <laughs> to ring, right? What are you going to do differently? Yeah. Or are you going to separate yourself out? Well, and then reality, I guess the house sells itself. In that the the three P's, I think that's you always have. Gail, to me, you always have those like little things that make my brain remember something. <laughs> it's because they make my brain remember. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I will probably never forget that now. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so you're a partner with Master Network. Mm-hmm. And I went to Master Network once and then the time was just, um, I live in Niceville, so the time was difficult for me. But um, I did, there's a lot of value there. And I think if I if I could work it into my schedule, I would definitely have wanted to um, be a part of that. But like, can you talk a little bit, unpack Master Networks for me. Like, what is that and why is it important to you? Well, networking, number one, is important to me because I think networking has gotten me every place I've, I've ever been. Mm-hmm. With whatever groups I belong to. I think being immersed in the community like you and I are with our nonprofit, like I am with Rotary, um, brings another um, level to what I can offer to my clients. I mean, belong, belonging to Rotary because it's a service club and there's a lot of business leaders in our community that belong to it. I learn so much with our speaker every week um, that I can share with my clients. Like, hey, 98 next year is going to go under under construction for two years. It's going to mm-hmm. be in the air. For- yeah years but then it's going to be great <clears throat> i'm still waiting for that great part of 98 but right. <laughs> you know so so it allows me to to get more knowledge and to meet more people so networking has always been important to me for my growth for business you know you know i always would network for business i used to go to chamber events and i would have a goal that i was going to meet five new people mm-hmm. because Really, it's really easy, and I get stuck to is that we go and we sit in the same place next to the same person because that's a comfort zone. Right. And being comfortable in anything doesn't allow you to grow. You've got to stretch out of your box if you want to grow. Otherwise, you know, it's that whole, you keep doing the same thing and expect different results. It's the definition of crazy, right? So um, that whole networking thing has been important to me. Master Networks was something new that came out, and it had a different component. Yes, it was like other networking groups where it was a um, single profession per, per seat. So I'm the only real estate agent. There's one landscaper. There's one stucco company. There's one uh, PR company. Um, and so that was important so we could form this bond and pass referrals. But the other part of it was the educational component mm. where we could share best business practices where we actually break out and talk about, um, you know, what are you doing as far as tracking? What systems do you have in place and tracking? What do you want to have in place? What are you missing? And actually sharing those, those best business practices and 
teaching people how to network appropriately or more appropriately, more effectively. Because we've all done it where we just run and go, hey, how you doing? You know, it's, you know, it's a little cocktail hour from five to seven, you know, everybody right. gets a drink and put your name in the drawing for the freebie that the host site is giving away and then you leave. Mm. So how can you make it more productive? And so we use something called BOND and it's an acronym, B-O-N-D. B is build on a common interest, right? Um, o is occupation exploration. N is needs discovery. And then D is develop an opportunity. Mm. So I want to get to know you. So let's build on a common interest. Hey, so do you live in Destin, right? Oh, oh my gosh, you're from Michigan too. That's great, right? So you built on that commonality of a common interest and, and broken down that formality. And now you can go on to, so what is it that you do that brings you to this event today? Well, I own um, Francis Roy, and um, I do this. Oh, great, right? So tell me a little bit about your business, right? Not let me tell you about my business. Right. Right? Tell me a little bit about your business, right? What are you looking for right now? Are you looking for clients, employees? What are you doing on everything? And then developing an opportunity. And if you can get that back and forth going, you can do it in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You can meet somebody, find out what they do, find out what they're looking for. They can do the same with you, and then you can develop an opportunity and say, hey, you have a need, I have a need. Maybe we should get together afterwards and have coffee somewhere. Mm -hmm. How maybe we can help each other out. So that master network started. So uh, we're the only chapter in, in Northwest Florida, our little Dustin chapter, and we've got, I think, 13 members right now. And we just have a grand old time. And we've been doing our Zoom meetings and we're still networking and we're still passing referrals and uh, still talking about our return on investment and how much money has passed through so that we can all make it worth it. So it just takes a little bit further than, hey, here's my business. What do you got for me? Yeah, I love that. I've seen you do that in action, too. And I think, um, you know, when you ask someone about what they do, it's so different. It. Well, first of all, it makes them feel like you care, which is huge. And okay. yeah, but then you can also really, really actively listen and determine if what you have to offer is a value to them, which mm -hmm. really kind of saves everybody time, frankly. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I think that that's brilliant. I've seen you do that, though. You are, you are a master networker. And even when we go to the concerts, like I see you kind of do that. I watch you a lot, Gail. Is that creepy? I don't think so. No, I kind of like it. You know, I'm... Okay. I'm <laughs> You understand the disc profile. I have that high eye personality where I like being on stage. So <laughs> if I wasn't painting the sets, I would probably go out for the lead role or at least, you know, have a cocktail and do some karaoke. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm good that you're watching me. I want you to point out when you see any errors, too, though. That would be useful. <laughs> okay, well, I haven't, I haven't seen anything. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. I wouldn't even know what to say there. But, um, uh, okay, so I have a couple more questions for you, but the one... Yeah that I think is really would be interesting is um, what's one thing you'd wish you'd known like when you first started? Um, maybe not. And I'm wondering when the starting point is. I love that you're kind of like an evolution and maybe this question is not appropriate. I don't know. When you first started in the beginning, maybe when you first started as a realtor, I'm going to let you choose how you want to answer that. You know, you always say, I wish I would have, could have, right? Mm -hmm. So I wish I would have known about real estate earlier. Okay. Um, because I think um, if I would have uh, 
been in real estate in my 30s as opposed to my mid 50s, I would have started a team. Got it. I would have started a big team. Um, and I would do what I like to do most, which is to teach. Mm. You know, to, to teach and mentor, you know, that that's that's my favorite part. And I love doing real estate. I love helping people achieve their real estate goals. I, you know, I love forming that relationship, figuring out what they want to do and how I can help them. I, I love that. But I, but I get joy out of watching other real estate agents blossom. That's really right? cool. And um, so if I would have done it earlier, I probably, there probably would have been a, a big giant Gail Pelto team. I'm, I'm not at a point where I want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, you get old, you get cranky, you don't want any employees, none of that stuff. But, you know, I have a great support system. I have a lot of people that I work with. They are all subcontractors. Oh, nice. So I have showing people and I have transaction coordinators and all that, but they're not employees of mine. Mm -hmm. So a good working relationship. They're pros at what they do. I'm pros at what I do. And we make a good team together. <clears throat> and I always said, I wish I would have known about real estate earlier, but I don't think if I had, if I hadn't had all those years working for that company, I wouldn't have been as good of a real estate agent as quick as I was when I started. Mm. As much as I'd like to say, oh, I wish I was doing this when I was 20. When I was 20, I wouldn't have been nearly as good because I wouldn't have had the experience. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm okay where I am. <laughs> so you're like, I wish I, but actually no, total full circle reflection there. I like that. Uh. Yeah, kind of, you know, would, do I, would I want to change everything? Yeah, well, you know, if I did this, well, no, probably not, because I wouldn't have done that first. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I think, kind of where I'm at. And I'm starting to coach, too. So now I have uh, my first coaching client that I'm actually oh. real estate, and I'm coaching them in their business. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's kind of fun. Lucky them, whoever they are. They don't know that yet, but they will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to give them your number. <laughs> right? Yeah. They can join the uh, Gail Pelto fan club. Uh, it's free, but um, we're dedicated. It's so <laughs> go, to go to Dustin Agent Gail, uh, the Facebook page. and. <laughs> And like it, right? And like it. I like that. Good for you. That's good. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you started out going to art school. Um, mm -hmm. I just, you know, I, I love creativity and expressing my creativity. I don't get to do that a lot. And frankly, I'm not as good as, as like a ton of people on my team who are very good at it. But I just started taking pottery classes at the new um, gallery, this new gallery that just opened in Destin. And that outlet has been so, it's so nice. It's mm -hmm. so freeing. Um, and I love pottery. I've never even tried pottery, but I'm a little bit obsessed with it and watching the videos on YouTube. But how do you feed that part of yourself now? Uh, oh, I am. I, um, I still, I still draw. I have always um, been a fan of the human form. Mm. So I still do life drawing or figure drawing. And I, I was a fan of it because I found out it was the most difficult thing to draw. The human body is extremely difficult. So I go to, well, we haven't since this health event has happened, but I go to ADSO in Fort Walton Beach and we have a life drawing. It's not a class. It's more just a session um, every third Saturday of the month. And now I've actually found an app through an artist friend of mine where I can put it up on the TV and have a class. Oh, cool. Now they're two-dimensional two because they're on TV. They're not three-dimensional, so it's, it's actually a little bit easier to draw. But 
Um, so I can still uh, kind of exercise that uh, that creativity. And it's kind of nice that I hadn't probably done it in 20 years or more. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's like that riding the bike thing. It comes back to you. It's like, oh, yeah. I tell you what, technology has done amazing things for creative, for creative people. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is so crazy. I love Blueprint. I love that, um, uh, the website, and I'm always trying to like learn little things. Really, I don't know that I'm learning things or if I'm just checking off things that I'm not good at. I haven't determined that yet. The hope is still out there for the pottery thing to become a thing. So I have a goal. But well, you, already, you obviously have a passion about it, so you'll probably be just fine. Yeah, I don't know if I'm... I have a passion for that or I'm just like an autodidact and I like to like learn things. <laughs> it could be a little of each. Yeah, it could be a little bit of each, but um, okay. So one last thing before we wrap up, because I always say we try to make this 30 minutes and then it never is because we always have super interesting people. And um, <laughs> I feel like you've given so much advice, but for someone that wanted to get started and maybe any sort of like sales, I think, I think your advice is applicable to anyone in a sales track, honestly, not just real estate, but, and they're thinking it might be because for me, the best salespeople, it's like, you know, them, you, you feel like you're, they're offering you something, but you don't feel like it's kind of like a, you're buying a car or it's a different kind of art in and of itself. But what advice would you give someone who's looking to start a business that's very heavy sales oriented? Talk to somebody, <clears throat> go network with somebody, go talk to somebody that's in that profession. Mm. Um, there are a lot of people out there that will talk to you. I'm sure if somebody came to talk to you and asked you the same thing about what you do, you would sit down and chat with them. I think you have to figure out, A, how long can you go without making any money? <laughs> right? Yes, so, and that's a question. It's a question. And do you have the wherewithal that you can just stop what you're doing and go and doing it? Trying to do something part-time first, like I know a lot of people try to do real estate part-time first, is extremely difficult and it takes you longer. Mm -hmm. So you get to a point where you can save up six months worth of expenses and a little bit of fun money and then dive in, I think you're, you're better off. And, and don't go in to sell something on anybody. Um, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm need to go in there and help them solve their problem. Yes. And so um, if, you go, if you approach it um, that you're here to help them if they need you and you form that relationship, that's probably the key right there. It's all about relationship building. Mm -hmm. Somebody you talk to today might say they don't need you, but if you keep fertilizing that relationship, when they do need someone, you'll be top of mind. That's really great advice, Gail. I think that that's, that's the biggest thing. I may not need you right now. Maybe I can't afford you right now. Right. But because of the fostered relationship and seeing what they do all the time and how they're giving me something without expectation of something in return, when that time comes up, then I'll use you. Yeah, you just never know when you're at a networking event or you're doing something and the person that you see had just thought that morning, oh, I need help with my this, or I need help with my whatever. And it may not be an active sales conversation. You may not be proposing anything, but they're thinking that in their brain. And then let's see, let's say they see you at a chamber event, or they see you at Rotary, or they see you at your board that you serve on together. And then they're like, oh, that's right. She does that. He does that. Like, why right. didn't I think of that? And it's just, 
people do not normally have, you have to stay face to face. You have to, I mean, I love, um, I read a lot and I love seeing an article that will um, be beneficial to like a prospective client and I'll email it to them and just say, Hey, I saw this and thought it might be a value to you. And that really more often than not has generated some sort of conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's that whole, that whole relationship thing. If you go in saying, you know, um, you're, you're looking at just your bottom line, it's not going to happen. But if I, if I concentrate on somebody helping them achieve their goals, my goals will naturally happen. And that comes for anybody who has employees too. You can't tell your employees on your goals. Yeah what their goals are. And if you help them achieve their goals, your goals will naturally happen. Mm -hmm. That's with anything, I think. Mm, I think I needed to hear that, Gail. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care what your goals are. I mean, they, I mean, they do, but not really. Right. Well, I think we have like agency goals and I, we certainly coach, you know, each other, we mentor each other back and forth, but I think maybe shifting that mindset to really being focused on individual goals within our team and how those are really tied into the overall success of our agency. It's not something that I've even really unpacked before. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And then I heard that from somebody else and it was, a, it was a broker from, uh, a Keller Williams agency in Louisiana. Mm. And said, the minute I stopped trying to get people to figure out what my goals were and help them achieve their goals, my goals happen. That's so smart. And he said it, and it was so much easier. Yeah, I, I had someone, I read something somewhere one time that resonated with me that was like, um, when I stopped trying to be the smartest person in the room and just mm -hmm. tried to be helpful, right. that's when things just like really took off. Yeah, yeah, everything clicks. Yeah, that I can relate to that. I mean, especially when I was younger, I was just like, oh, I just want to get in this room and dominate, and my brain just gonna be like, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, and that never <laughs> happened when I. Went, yeah, excuse me. Excuse me. Get one of my way. <laughs> that never happened when I was trying to deliberately force it to happen. It was yeah. only when I was like okay, this is what I have to offer and I want to help achieve this group's goal using these skills and this is what I can, you know, uh, uh, you know, offer the collective. Only then did things really start to open up for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's that the whole, the hand that's open to give is also open to receive, right? So true. Yeah, so true. This was so fun. Can we talk about We could talk for another hour. We'll probably have to do it offline, but I, I feel like people are going to have a lot of like, questions for you too. You might get some people that contact me who are like, hey, will you be my coach? Or if they want to talk about something. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there who want to go into sales or maybe they want to go into real estate. I mean, they, they can call me. You can put my phone number out there and my email address. I'm, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. Well, uh, what's your email? If someone wanted to send you an email, Gail, how would they do that? It'd be Gail, G-A-I-L dot Pelto, P-E-L-T-O at K-W.com. Awesome. And they can find you on Facebook because you have a business Facebook page. Yes, I do. Um, and we'll they can call me. They can call my cell. <clears throat> that, <clears throat> excuse me. Is 850-374-0454. And if they get Bay Life or Destin Life, all my contact information is under the article I do every month as well. Well, Gail, you're a delight. And delight. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, not just with me, but with everyone who listens to our podcast. I think 
all of us have will walk away from this with um, at least five things that we can do right away to completely. Oh gosh, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Miss. Thank you. And okay. everybody that's listening, you can like, comment, share, um, send us an email. Hello at francisroy.com. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. Till next time. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you.